Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Alex Hall. More than 8,000 nurses and other workers with Sutter Health are on strike today over concerns about staffing and health and safety protections. Employees at more than a dozen Sutter hospitals in Northern California are calling for a contract that guarantees hospitals provide a stockpile of personal protective equipment. Longtime Sutter nurse Renee Waters says staff need to know Sutter will protect them in the next surge through this whole pandemic, the amount of moral distress and moral injury. I've talked to numerous nurses that had to go out on stress sleep. They questioned if they even wanted to be a nurse. More than 3 million Californians could get a break on their tax bill with a proposal to boost benefits for renters. KQED housing reporter Aaron Baldessari explains it's about making the tax system more fair. Homeowners in California receive more than $9 billion annually in direct subsidies. Renters, on the other hand, only get about $160 million. A new bill by state Senator Steve Glazer would increase that amount significantly by raising the renter tax credit from $60 to $500 for single filers and from $120 to $1,000 for couples and single parents. If approved, it would be the first increase in the renter tax credit since 1979. The cost of housing has more than tripled in the past 42 years, but the renter's tax credit has stayed the same. So the benefits have been significantly reduced. The burdens are significantly higher. Rob Wiener is the executive director of the California Coalition for Rural Housing, which represents many low-income renters. He says he supports Glazer's proposal, but... In the big picture, it's not a lot of money at all. I mean, what can you get with $500? The refundable tax credit is projected to cost roughly $2.5 billion annually. And Wiener wonders whether that's the best use of those funds, given the state's massive shortage of affordable homes. It's not a game changer, and we need game changers. He'd rather see the state use that money to create and preserve affordable housing or provide ongoing rent relief. For the California Report, I'm Aaron Baldessari.
A new survey of more than 700 crime survivors finds that California needs to do far more to support victims, especially those in marginalized communities. KQED politics correspondent Marisa Lagos reports. The study was commissioned by the Prosecutors Alliance, a law enforcement association that supports criminal justice reform. It finds that more than one-third of victims are never offered the resources they're entitled to under state law, including help with funeral or housing costs, and that victims who are Black, Latino, or AAPI are less likely to be offered assistance than white Californians. Gina Castro-Rodriguez is a psychologist who previously ran the Victim Services Division for the San Francisco DA's office. She conducted the study and says, We're just not providing the kinds of things that survivors need to heal and recover. Castro Rodriguez says in order to reach victims, those who work with them need better training or to have lived experience as survivors of crime themselves. And she says California needs to do a better job reaching all victims. So let's say they have mental health issues or they have substance abuse issues or they have chronic violence in their home or they or the loved one had any involvement in the system or they're afraid of working with police or law enforcement or prosecutors. All those people are getting left out. And those are really the people that are sort of affected by violence the most and suffering from violence the most. The report calls for state-level reforms, including passage of several proposed laws that would make it easier for survivors to access compensation funds. For The California Report, I'm Marisa Lagos. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Every year, California prisons hand over hundreds of people to immigration authorities. But in a rare exception, one Cambodian national was released on parole late last week and reunited with family without being re-detained. KPCC's Josie Huang has this report from Downey in Los Angeles County. The family of Atia Young waited outside the rehabilitation hospital where he was being dropped off. When a white ambulance pulled up, one of his sisters peered through the doors to see if it was him. Tears fell as the family showered Young with hugs, flowers, and cupcakes. Young smiled as his two-year-old niece climbed onto a stretcher. I haven't touched her or gave her a hug or a kiss since she was born. Young had been in prison for more than 25 years, during which he suffered a spinal cord injury that paralyzed him. He and his supporters think that's why authorities at ICE lifted a detainer on him. ICE has only said Young wasn't an enforcement priority. Young says there's no reason why anyone who served their time should have to worry about being detained again. It's like you don't know which direction you're going to, you know? You don't know if you're going left or right or if you're going straight home, you know? A bill pending before the legislature would let these immigrants go home by stopping most state prison to ICE transfers. For The California Report, I'm Josie Huang in Downey. Millions of dollars PG&E agreed to pay in its Kincaid Fire settlement with the Sonoma County District Attorney will go directly to local groups. 
KQED senior science editor Kevin Stark reports. Prosecutors awarded $6 million to Santa Rosa Junior College, most of which will go to its fire technology program and public safety training center. Another $6 million will be split between the Conservation Corps, five different health clinics, and other nonprofits. FireSafe Sonoma will get a million dollars. Roberta McIntyre, the group's CEO, says that will pay for wildfire prevention work, education, and outreach. You know, from the smallest, like, address numbering to some defensible space work in neighborhoods, bigger project might be some roadside hazard reduction along some primary evacuation routes. Prosecutors dropped the criminal charges against the utility as part of the settlement. For the California Report, I'm Kevin Stark. Within the next two decades, all of California's electricity needs to come from renewable sources. That makes geothermal energy, energy from heat in the earth, more appealing. From Northern California Public Media, Greta Mart brings us to one area in Sonoma County that's been testing geothermal's potential for half a century. There are 15 different power plants scattered across the Mayacamas Mountains, north of San Francisco. This, below my feet, is the Clear Lake Volcanic Field, and it stretches below Sonoma and Lake Counties. Scattered under 45 square miles of steep, rocky, and rolling hillsides are pockets of heat and steam that start deep underground. It's known as the geysers, and Sonoma County Supervisor Linda Hopkins says this network of geothermal energy produces enough electricity to pretty much power from the Golden Gate at the Oregon border. At this, the largest geothermal field in North America, heat radiating from the Earth's core rises through vents and bubbles through mud springs. So we can reach down, drill down, and mine the heat that's below us. In a company video, Calpine's Dave Jackson explains how the geysers has been so productive. We uh, inject water into the ground. That water hits the hot rocks, turns into steam, and then flows up to our turbines through our production wells. It's clean energy, but not self-sustaining. Production here peaked more than 30 years ago. And at a public meeting, Sonoma County Supervisor Linda Hopkins pointed out why power generation at the geysers is thirsty. You know, it has struggled with the amount of water that it uses, quite frankly. Public agencies from Lake County to Santa Rosa have been sending treated wastewater to keep turbines at Calpine's private plant turning. That's expensive, but Hopkins has hopes for a better way. There is actually new technology um, which creates closed-loop systems and can also sort of operate on a much lower heat level but still generate that energy. New state mandates for clean power guarantee future demand for geothermal. That's why a nonprofit public energy provider called Sonoma Clean Power wants to add 500 megawatts of energy production here. Sonoma Clean Power's Jeff Cyphers says the first step is to establish a regional geozone. To send a signal to the marketplace and say, this is a region that is interested in geothermal development. And we really haven't seen any new geothermal built in California since the 80s. And what we're trying to do is reinvigorate that industry. Sonoma County public officials, including Hopkins, want to help. They're backing research and development of new geothermal resources in the North Bay. Cypher says Sonoma Clean Power is investigating new technologies that use water more efficiently. And that means we can start looking at places outside of the traditional geysers area. That could boost geothermal energy in other parts of California in the years ahead. For the California Report, I'm Greta Mart in Sonoma County. And that's the California Report for Monday, April 18th. 
We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Alex Hall. Thanks for listening. Support for the California Report comes from the California Healthcare Foundation, working to build a more effective, compassionate, and just healthcare system. On the web at chcf.org/health-equity. The James Irvine Foundation, accepting nominations now for the 2023 James Irvine Foundation Leadership Awards at irvineawards.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randa Dirfatah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.